What's going on, everybody? Zach back here with another special episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On today's episode, we're here to talk all about the Packers and more broadly about the NFC North. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I've changed my profile slide. I put all my fandoms up here uh, for hockey being back and baseball being back and, and even basketball back. So enjoying this overload of sports right now, but even more excited to have our special guest on to talk about the Packers. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most, and I'm uh, not a fan of any of the particular NFC North teams, but I'm excited to be here with Zach and our special guest to get into some NFC North talk, and especially since he's a Packers fan, and we all know Cuts Crew Sports' history with the Packers, so it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right, guys, and, and the special guest, I'll let him introduce himself. Um, Caleb, hope you're having a good night, man. Um, tell us a little bit about what your sports podcast is all about and where our listeners can find your stuff at. All right, what's up, y'all? My name's Caleb Walgren, and uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, mine is kdigs74. Uh, I also have a sports podcast that's been going for about a year now. It's Brody Sports Talk. You can find us at Brody Talk. Uh, I am a Packers fan. Uh, I'm also enjoying a little bit of bubble life, if only my Mavs could figure out how to finish out a game. Uh, <laughs> but in general, sports are happening, so it is one of the best months we've had in a long time. So in general, I'm just trying to soak it all in and enjoy every moment of it. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, we might, I, well, we probably all won't agree on a lot of the topics discussed on today's episode, but we can all a thousand percent agree about that. Sports being back <laughs> well, is uh, is great for all of us. <laughs> well, well, don't worry about too many, too big of arguments, because, you know, that's the NFC South episode coming up. Me versus Zach. <laughs> yeah, the NFC South one, guys, get your popcorn on. I know we've been promoting that for a little while now, but... Uh, that one's going to be re something real different <laughs> for sure. Uh, but that's that's for next week. We're here with Caleb to talk about the NFC North this week. Uh, so, Caleb, before I go through the questions on the that I've prepared for you about the Packers and the NFC North, I just want to um, get an understanding, I guess, of how you became a Packers fan and when did that start for you? Uh, so first and foremost, I did become a football fan just from a young age. I remember watching football around the TV with my older brother and my dad. Uh, I remember one time, I think I was five years old, we were picking who was going to win the wild card games, and I picked uh, four for four. Of course, I'm sure I got incredibly lucky, but uh, <laughs> I was okay with it. Uh, after that, uh, we had moved and I had a friend whose family was from Green Bay and started getting into it with him. Uh, he had a Green Bay 92 jersey for Reggie White. I ended up getting one that was of number four, Brett Favre. And in general, uh, growing up watching Brett Favre, there was not a way to get into that and develop your fandoms without having a just a huge love and appreciation for what he did on the field and the joy that he did it with. Uh, in general, if you were to still ask me who my favorite Packer is, it's Brett Favre. I'm willing to admit Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, but Brett Favre is, you know, just 
where I connected with the team. Uh, definitely, I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys. So whenever we finally beat them and won the Super Bowl in the mid nineties, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's an interesting story there of how you became a Packers fan, kind of through a, a friend's fandom. That's uh, I don't think I know anybody like that, but. Uh, hey, everybody becomes fans for different reasons. So glad to hear your story for that. I mean, uh, so as long as you're not doing it for bandwagon reasons, that's always the <laughs> the worst way to do it. So <laughs> true, true. Anyways, good. Um, except that. <laughs> so we'll start off with a pretty broad question about the Packers, and you can go into detail about this. But what are your expectations for the Packers this upcoming season in general? So I definitely think that in the NFC North, even with the odd draft that we had, that the Packers are the most complete team in the division. And I think that they're going to go ahead and, uh, spoiler alert, win the division again. Uh, I do see somewhere in the neighborhood of probably about a 10 to 11 win season. I know last year we somewhat lucked out in some of those close games. It was kind of a Aaron Rodgers had the ball with his hands late. And the Packers finally did something right on offense to either take the lead or run out the clock, which isn't necessarily a bad combination. But I'm willing to say we talked last year about winning ugly, and we did. But we also went to the NFC Championship game and were one of the final four teams left. I don't know if we can maintain that same success, but I definitely think in general, win the division, host a first round playoff game and anything can happen. So we'll see how healthy we can be and just how far forward we can go from there. All right. That's, that's a, you heard it here first guys. He's Caleb is predicting the Packers to, to win the division. Um, Shocker my, there. Next, <laughs> my next question though, for you is going to be um, who are you most excited for about on your team? Uh, you can go offense and defensive players here. Um, uh, both sides of the ball, but uh, maybe someone other than like Aaron Rodgers, who everybody knows about, but like a sleeper that you, you think is going to have a good year. So personally, one of the new guys I'm excited for on offense is AJ Dillon. Uh, he's like six two, two hundred and fifty 250 pounds and still runs like a four five forty yard dash. Will you put him in a backfield as an alternate to Aaron Jones? it's going to be some interesting things happening because I think he's going to feast down around the goal line. So for those of you who play fantasy football, watch out for him being a touchdown vulture. I think Mm -hmm. that's very likely Uh, to say he would take, you know, six to eight touchdowns of Aaron Jones's 15 last year, I think is within reason, but in general, Mm -hmm. being able to load up, uh, we're, we're a different offense than I think we, have previously been we're still adapting to the Matt LaFleur style of offense it's going to be a little bit more Shanahan-esque so I think you're going to see a little bit more 12 formation two tight ends just trying to run the ball on people and not necessarily see Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game um, on defense defense I'm, I'm most excited for the secondary probably because that's the unit we kept together the most. I really think Adrian Amos is the underrated star of that secondary. And he's also the veteran leader who has the most experience around a lot of young guys like Kevin King, 
Darnell Savage, Jer Alexander. I think that they might have a little bit more skill than Amos as far as overall speed and you know taking care of their positions. But I think Amos is the one who kind of holds that all together is the glue of the secondary. Okay. Um, so I'll ask you kind of a follow-up about the running backs. Do you think this is going to be Aaron Jones's final year in Green Bay? I know it's a contract year for him. I'm curious. I think mm-hmm. that in general, I I definitely am on the don't overpay running backs yeah. train. Uh, I'm, I was a little <laughs> concerned about how much money Derrick Henry got this offseason just because you you don't want to pay someone long term. I mean, we all saw the Todd Gurley contract when it came out and at first we were like that wasn't that bad and then we yeah. were like 2 years later we we're like that was horrible. Uh <laughs> hindsight <laughs> is always 2020. Yeah. So, I think it's it's somewhat of a what kind of a market does Aaron Jones get? I think if we could get him for let's say around Melvin Gordon type money where it was uh 2 years 16 million, I think we could keep Aaron Jones for a few more years. I think if he is in that 10 to $12 million range, that's a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, for sure. And and also I think it's going to depend on how well Dylan does. If, if he comes in and lights it up, you guys are much more likely to be willing to move on from Jones. But if he kind of struggles his rookie season, um, that might put the pressure on to make a new deal. Uh, Connor, do you have any you, thoughts you about definitely... Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, with Dylan, you definitely have to make sure he's not going to turn into, like, you know, you mentioned his size, and he's not going to turn into another Eddie Lacy-type situation where, like, you know, he starts out really good, but then, you know, obviously being big like that, most of that is muscle, but you don't want him to start getting fat and overweight because being an overweight running back like Eddie Lacy isn't going to be good. But, I mean, I definitely think for them, they're going to have to rely, like, having – they're going to need Dylan to do well. I think because if he doesn't do well, then they're not going to have that uh, other element to their offense besides Aaron Rodgers. So uh, definitely pretty good. And I agree with the secondary key. I mean, like, you know, Jyree Alexander is amazing. And they just after they've just lost so many other pieces over the course of time on the on the defense. Like, you know, they lost Clay Matthews and um, what's they lost. What's his name? The middle linebacker this year. um, Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez, that's right. They lost him this year, so they're really going to have to rely on that secondary to do well. Yeah, for sure. Um, So now we're going to move into more specific questions that Connor and I came up for Caleb to answer. So here's my question, and um, I'll kind of do a follow-up take on whatever Caleb gives as an answer. But when do you think Jordan Love will take over for Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) This is a tough one because yeah. I I really don't know for sure. Uh, if I have to put a date out there, I'm going to say 2023 offseason. Um, I know that we've got a lot of guaranteed money for Rodgers through the next three years. And at that point, he starts getting towards the end of his contract. And I think if it's a if Rodgers is still... Like if he turns it up this year and he shows a little bit more statistical, because last year he just wasn't as elite as he has been. If he can't raise that level, Jordan Love's going to end up taking over in time. So I, that's where I kind of end up is about 
three years out in 2023. I know that that may not be exciting, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> my my answer to this would be, but I'm not a Packers fan, of course, so I don't know exactly what's going on in the organization. But I'm thinking personally that Jordan Love's going to start next year. Um, just from an outsider's perspective, it seems like Rodgers is really angry with the situation, and I'm not sure he wants to keep playing for the Packers if he knows that they don't want him to be there. I just I just find that length of time that you suggested is going to be, I think, quite awkward for Rodgers to keep playing there while looking over his shoulder at Jordan Love when he knows he could go to you know, a dozen other teams and be the instant unquestioned starter. Uh, do you think there's any way that he like demands a trade out of Green Bay or, or you think it's going to be a little bit more civil than that? I'm, I think one of the things that makes this the most interesting is Rogers has been on the other side of this before mm-hmm. because he was the one who was the quarterback that, followed up after Brett Favre. Favre, of course, retired. They planned around Rodgers. Favre then was like, nah, I don't really want to retire. I just didn't want to be here for all these practices. And then we traded him to the Jets. I think that at some point, it just becomes a, "Mm, we got to give this to love or we're not seeing enough out of Rodgers. And it's just kind of, when was that actually happen? I, I think one year is just a little bit too soon. And maybe it's because we took Rodgers in the 05 draft and he started in 2008. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just being a little bit more of a historian trying to look forward. The One of the reasons I didn't hate the Jordan Love pick as much as other people is the Packers have not had a good backup quarterback in forever. Uh, probably since Aaron Rodgers was the backup historically we just have not valued that position and especially if you take a look at a team like the saints last year where teddy bridgewater came in and did fantastic as a starter we need to have jordan love in case rogers gets hurt rogers has had a history of concussions collarbone injuries he could easily miss four to six games with an injury and we need to have someone who can still make good throws on the field yeah, Connor, do you have I any... definitely feel you on I was gonna yeah. say I definitely feel you on that whole backup quarterback thing being a Steelers fan. You know, we had a I watched the disaster that was Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges last year, so and especially given the fact that Roethlisberger, like Rogers, has a lot of injury history, so it's important to have that backup quarterback. I mean, I was one of the reasons why I was really hoping that we were gonna go out and get Cam Newton, but you know, they decided not to for various reasons. But I would definitely if I had to say when I think he's going to take over, I'm probably going to pull an Eric here and like split the middle between you two mm-hmm. guys. Um, Cause Zach, you think it's going to be next season, right? Is what yeah. I think, I think this is, I think this season will be Rogers's last season. Right. With the Packers. So I would probably say, I think it's going to be two seasons. Like I think this season is going to be his season and it's like, it's going to be Rogers this season. And then if he performs badly, then, or like, you know, not good enough up to their expectations or he gets upset, I think basically next year is when the season after is when they're going to start grooming Jordan Love. Because in my mind, they're not really looking to 
groom Jordan Love yet. And I think you kind of, you know, when you have a uh, possible future, when you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback like Rodgers on your team, you need to, there's not a lot of teams that want to do that and then like just throw them out and then put another guy in. They kind of want to groom them for a little bit longer. So I'm thinking probably two years because I do agree that Rodgers is probably fed up with what's going on in Green Bay. He's tired of, you know, the not having as much control. He's tired of not getting the weapons around him. Um, and I, like I said, two years. I think I'm going to split the difference here. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, speaking of weapons, I guess that'll lead me into my question. Um, is is there someone, in your opinion, you think, besides Devontae Adams, that can really step up as that, like, next target for Aaron Rodgers? Because obviously one of the issues for the Packers is, you know, when defenses go up against them, especially in the passing game, it's like double-team Devontae Adams, and then there's nobody else you have to worry about. You know, you kind of need that second receiver or maybe a good tight end. So who on the team do you think has the best chance to emerge as that second weapon for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give uh, two potential answers here. And I think one thing that you're also going to see, like I said, we're going to run the ball a lot more. I think you're going to try to see people load the box to where they can't necessarily double Devontae except for situationally. Uh, So the tight end that we had took in the 2019 draft, Jay Sternberger, uh, I think that he is going to show up. Uh, He was injured early last year and he should be taking the role that we all thought Jimmy Graham could play in this offense. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like we signed a shell of Jimmy Graham, and we never really saw him do anything other than not block and not catch. And uh, I'm glad he's on the Bears. So uh, <laughs> that being said, the, the other person <laughs> that that I would have is, uh, I, I really think Alan Lazard is probably one of the most underrated players in the league last year. Uh, he didn't really start playing until that Monday night football game against the Lions when he came in in the fourth quarter last year. And all he did was go out there. He's a bigger target out there on the wide receivers uh, when he's on the outside across from Adams. And I remember him at Iowa State. He was really good then. I think he's just getting better, and I think he has good chemistry with Rodgers as well. And I think that that's going to be the key why Lazard ends up getting the ball fed his way a little bit more this year. Yeah, it's it sure seems like the Packers just love to take guys that the Jaguars dump out because I know Lazard was a <laughs> undrafted signing by the Jaguars. We had him for... Uh, like a preseason and then cut him. And I was disappointed by that because he was actually doing really good for us. Uh, And I knew he was good from Iowa state. I was like, man, this guy's going to be good. And then we just cut him. And then for some reason we cut Mercedes Lewis uh, to save like 1 million or something. Um, And then he went and joined (laughs) your guys' team. And that was kind of sad because he, he'd been a Jaguar forever. So I was sad about that. But um, yeah, so I guess my, other question to you, though, being a USF fan, is what about Valdez Scantling? Where is he going to be the third receiver? You think, or or less than that? So I think it's interesting because there's definitely room for opportunity. I don't know how much you guys have followed all of the opt outs this year, but Devin Funches, who we had signed, pretty much as our I only target, one. he opted out, and uh, Geronimo Allison, aka. Mr. Fumbles also opted out this year. 
I'm not necessarily <laughs> irritated with that. I feel like every I time he had a ball thing. in key situations, he fumbled the ball. I do um, remember that actually. Now that you said kinda, that, kind of sound, kind of sounding like Juju from last year for us too. Uh, so I think it's really going to be an interesting battle in the slot because if we do go three wide, it's either going to be Marquez Valdez Scantling, which uh, MVS is way easier to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, that or it's going to be the uh, same draft receiver that we had, Equimania St. Brown. St. Brown was hurt a little bit more last year, so I don't know where he is as far as that tiering is concerned. I I would lean towards Valdez Cantling over Equimania St. Brown, but I think that it's definitely a I'm not sure. Yeah. And I also think that it might be something where that's why I kind of lean Sternberger. I think we're in tight end situations more often. We don't go three wide as much. And so if it's Adams and Lazard, and then we have two tight ends in uh, Josiah DeGuara, our third round pick this year, and Chase Sternberger, you know, there is no third wide receiver on the field as much. I gotcha. Um, before like we move Patriots-esque on. Patriots-esque type thing from the past. Yeah. Like with Gronk and Hernandez. Um, before we move on to the next question, though, uh, Connor said this a while back, but man, the the Packers really have their wide receiver names are crazy. When you look at their depth chart, some of the names, <laughs> um, just Liz, the Lazard and Marquez Velda Scantling, and then Equimania St. Brown. Like, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, off topic there. Number five. Uh, what scares you most about your division rivals? So between. Uh, the Vikings, Bears, and Lions. Just go through those teams and tell us, you know, as a Packers fan, what about those teams scares you the most? All right. So when I look at the Bears, the thing that scares me the most there is definitely going to be Khalil Mack. Uh, I think he's still very elite. I know that in general he's lined up against David Bakhtiari, and Bakhtiari has been able to hold his own which is fantastic. That's why everyone in Green Bay loves that guy. But in general, when you're playing the Bears, you know that they're going to do things on defense. You know they might not do anything on offense. So if you can go out and get 14, 17 points, you're feeling fairly good about being able to get a win against the Bears. Um, Then if I jump over to the Lions... The Lions is actually their offense. I think Stafford is a little bit underrated, probably the, at least in the discussion for second best quarterback in the division uh, with Kirk Cousins. I think that Stafford might be better. He's just been on a horrible Lions team for his whole career, and so no one can tell how good he actually is. Uh, and with the Stafford-Kenny Galladay option, I think that in general they have a, a passing attack that could be the best passing attack in the division right now, especially with us looking to run more and Stefan Diggs not being in Minnesota anymore. The Lions are the best passing offense in the division. Uh, then if I look over to the Vikings, uh, it's going to be twofold. Uh, it's Dalvin Cook. He's just really good. In general, I think that he's on par uh, to be similar talent-wise as Aaron Jones. And on defense... Harrison Smith always seems to be able to find plays and he's really the only member of that. Like they kept their secondary intact for their safeties, but all of their corners are gone. 
So I'm really curious how they use Harrison Smith. If they're going to end up, you know, using him around the field a little bit more, because when your top three corners leave your defense, it is not a good sign. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm glad you didn't say uh, the Bears kickers would scare you. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, honestly out, of, doink. <laughs> out of all your uh, answers there, I pretty much agree with all of them. Connor, what about you? I mean, yeah, it's pretty, pretty certain. I mean, I would be. I know. I guess the one thing for the Bears that you definitely probably need to look out for a little bit is because obviously, even though Trubisky is probably going to. I don't know if he's going to be the starter or not. Like, who knows what's going to happen there. But um, if he is the starter and then he goes out and then Nick Foles comes in, you got to look out for that, obviously, because we've seen the magic that Nick Foles can work. And especially having a receiver like Allen Robinson that he's that he can throw to, it's going to be um, very interesting for them. But other than that, it's pretty – I'd probably agree with you that Stafford is the second-best quarterback. Um, like, I would, I would put him above Cousins. I wouldn't make it a tie. So – um, it's really just very a few pieces on each team, but they're de- I definitely agree with most of the uh, the picks there. All right. Uh, just to yeah. counter what you said with Foles, I think that what worries me with Foles is I don't think the Bears have a good offensive line at all. Yeah, and that's true. I I For don't sure. think they're going to be running the ball well, and then they're going to be in these you know third and eights, and that's when we're going to send you know, Cesarius and Preston Smith off the edge. I don't know how, I also don't know what Nick Foles health looks like. You know, he, he barely played in any games last year. And I wonder also what that does to his psyche. You know, when you're a quarterback, you want to be out there playing and you got benched for a seventh round pick. That's in my opinion, not even that good. Uh, Sorry, Zach. <laughs> so like while Foles may be good I and Robinson may be good I that's about it I, I don't trust that much of their offense yeah that's fair I I wouldn't either um they really don't have the weapons um other than Robinson that you would think of for fantasy David Montgomery will be a high fantasy pick, but that's only because he's a starting running back for a team. Uh, but other yeah. than that, yeah, they're, they're really weapon poor on, on the bears. Um, all right. So we know from the start of the show that you're ranking the Packers first for the NFC North, but go ahead and fill out your predictions for us for the rest of the teams in the North. So I'm going Packers at one, which is not a surprise to anyone. Yeah, And then I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to jump down to four and work my way back up because that's where the surprise is. So at four, I'm actually putting the Bears to finish last on the division. I think when they traded for Khalil Mack, they mortgaged too much of their future. And they just haven't been able to put it together behind Trubisky. And even with Foles, they just don't have the depth. In third place, I'm going to put the Lions. I, I really... I'm puzzled by the Darius Slay trade. I think that they really would want him to be able to go up against Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, and Adam Thielen to shut down one primary weapon against each of their opponents. Because I do think Slay is a shutdown corner. They traded him away. I don't like what they have back. 
I think that they're really going to hurt defensively. You might see them in some shootouts, but it's just not going to be enough for them to win enough games. And that puts the Vikings at second. Um, the Vikings are really good in their, like I said, their front seven is good. Their safeties are good. I just don't trust their corners. You lose your top three corners in one offseason, and that's just a really bad look. Uh, plus, they traded Stefan Diggs. I know that they got Justin Jefferson, but Diggs was one of the few people that got them the ball deep last year. And now they don't have that. So it will be interesting to see what they do. Plus, I don't trust Kirk Cousins' ability to win clutch games because he doesn't. So that's why I go Packers 1, Vikings 2, Lions 3, Bears 4. All right. That sounds good with me. Uh, Connor and I are going to share our standings now. I mean, we've kind of already, for number seven, we've kind of already talked about it, our agreements or not. But, uh, Connor, I'll let you start off for your one, three, four, and give your reasons why. All righty. Well, um, the bottom two are going to be the same as uh, Caleb's uh, Bears last. I mean, the Bears are just kind of a dumpster fire right now. Um, I mean, other than Khalil Mack on defense, I just don't see their offense producing anything. I mean, while Nick Foles has done great things coming off of the bench, he's never really blossomed as a starter. I mean, we saw that in Philadelphia when Carson Wentz was going to start sit out the start of the season. And, you know, Foles was okay, but he wasn't, he definitely was not in the um, form that he was like the previous year in the playoffs. So, I don't trust him to get it done. And like you said, the injury problems, I just think the bears, just like I said, at the beginning, they're a dumpster fire uh, with the lions. I was definitely debating putting them above the Packers at second, but I think it's more so I just don't trust them enough to put them up there because they have the talent on offense for sure. I mean, they have Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay is a great receiver. And then also they've got a pretty interesting running back tandem. Now, if Obviously, Carrion Johnson can stay healthy. They've got that tandem of Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift that I think could do some real damage. Um, and it's something that the Lions desperately need because, you know, it's always been the case when we talk about the Lions, like they need a running game, they need a running game. And now they have a running game. And they had TJ Hawkinson at tight end and a pretty decent offensive line. The defense is obviously a weak spot. Um ever since when they lost Darius Slay. But I think, you know, Jeff Okuda is a really good, he's going to be a star in this league, I think. Um, you know, overall draft pick number three. And Desmond Trufant's also a pretty solid cornerback. So they definitely have the pieces. But again, it's just, they're the Lions. It's kind of like with the Browns. Like, you know, they have the pieces, but they're the Cleveland Browns. The Lions are the same way. They got the pieces, but they're the Lions. So... And I made a big mistake making them, putting them second last year when they came out and finished last in the division. So I guess I'll split the difference this time and put them uh, third. Then I've got the Packers at number two, mainly because just the fact that I think last season was a total fluke, them getting to 13 and three. I don't, that was like the worst 13 and three team I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, and then they just, they said they, they won a lot of close games and, I think they really got exposed by the 49ers, like both times they played the 49ers. Um, you know, they just got destroyed both times they played them. And I think when the Packers start to play better teams, they're not going to hold up. 
against them. And again, the defense is a worrying spot. I think the offense is, if Aaron Rodgers can come back to that MVP form, then there's definitely games that Rodgers can win on his own. But not having any reliable second option besides Devontae Adams. And again, like I said, that defense, other than the secondary, you know, when you're front, when you can't get any pressure on the quarterback, that puts more pressure on the secondary, and the secondary is not going to hold up forever. So, and then finally, got the Vikings at number one. Um, this is probably, I. I made this is another mistake I made last time when I put the Vikings to finish third last year. <laughs> um, my NFC North predictions were pretty bad last year, but Dalvin Cook is a superstar. Having a running game, obviously, I'm on the same agreement with Zach and Caleb that you shouldn't overpay running backs, but having a good running back can make all the difference. And Dalvin Cook is a difference making running back. And I think the biggest thing for me with the Vikings, while Kirk Cousins has trouble in primetime games and clutch games. I know these are division predictions, but they always seem to pull something out in the playoffs. It's like something happens and they take down some team they weren't supposed to beat in the playoffs. So, um, and I think they can somehow, they somehow find that magic whenever like, you know, they'll be coming off something like, you know, we're trying to recover from Kirk Cousins' poor play, but then they find magic. So they somehow make it happen. And I think the defense, it's kind of the opposite of the Packers. Like, I think if they're definitely going to put pressure on the quarterback with, you know, Daniel Hunter and Eric Kendricks and Anthony and Anthony Barr is not as much of a pass rusher, but he's still a great linebacker. So I definitely think the Vikings have the most complete team out of the group. And also mainly because I thought last year was a fluke for the Packers. So that's why I'm going with the Vikings at number one. I just think they're the most complete team out of all the teams in the division. Yeah, my list is different from both your guys. I'll I'll go through it from four to one, starting with Chicago at number four. I actually think Chicago is going to end up being the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, for me, it's between them and the Washington football team. Uh, I had to stop myself from saying their old name in my head. But, um, uh, yeah, so I've got Chicago at fourth. I mean, you guys have both listed out the reasons why, you know, it, for any team, really, for that matter. If you say we only need to score 14, 17 points to win, then you're an easy win on most people's schedules. Uh, so I've got the Bears <laughs> at fourth. Um and now I'm I'm really differing from our our guest host on this one, but I've actually got the Packers in third. Um, like Connor said, I really do think last year uh, their record was really inflated with close wins, and uh, I know it's really hard to replicate those um, one score game wins. They had a lot of those last year. And a lot of them could have easily gone the other way. I think that's what's going to end up happening this year. Uh, I don't necessarily think they'll be bad, though. I think they might be... The NFC North, to me, from one to three, I see as being only separated by maybe two or three games. And there's a good chance that uh, the two or the three seeds or both make the playoffs as wild cards, I think. So I have the Packers and the... um, six and 10 at the worst to 10 and six at the best range, but putting them at third, because I really think last year's season was a fluke. And also with Jordan love coming on the team, there's two things that can happen with Rogers 
in this situation, he can either step his game up another level and be like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. Or he could just be totally flustered and totally um, worried and, and just mad about everything and, and just play play poorly. And that's what I'm guessing is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think this is going to end up being a great motivational thing that lifts the Packers to a Super Bowl. Uh, so I've got the Packers at third. And then I've got the Lions at second. And I... nothing has really changed for me about the Lions from last year and last year they were actually off to a good start but when Stafford got hurt and they had a rotation of quarterbacks that you've never heard of playing of course they faltered and lost all their games at the end of the season um so I think Stafford like you guys have said is a really underrated quarterback and they have so much weapons on offense. Now you're right. The defense is what scares you with the Lions because losing Darius Slay hurts and Akuda is going to be a great corner. But for cornerbacks, that usually takes two years to develop uh, to be a, a real true number one corner. So I am worried about the Lions. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but uh, with Stafford and all the weapons that you described on offense, I think... Um, all, all along with TJ Hawkinson too as a tight end he should be a lot better in his second season um, I've got high hopes for the Lions um, Matt Patricia is going to be fighting for his life that's for sure uh, this is his last chance to prove it and I really think he's going to um, do a little bit better with the defense than, than it's been in the past uh, we'll see if he can make some of these pieces work uh, I'm, I don't have my hopes up that they're going to win the Super Bowls or anything like that, but I do have my hopes that they're going to be better than they have been. And then I've got the Vikings at first, and they do scare me a little bit. Um, I have them ranked first, but like you said, they're, they did change a lot, losing digs, losing the key corners on their defense. Um, Mike Zimmer, though, he's been there for a long time. I trust his leadership with this team more than I trust any of the other head coaches of leaderships on their team. Uh, and also I think Kirk Cousins gets a little bit of extra hate because of his bad performances on Monday night and Sunday night. But for your regular NFL games, he's not been bad. Now Dalvin cook is a great running back. He's probably a top five running back, but what really worries me with him is his injury status. It seems like last year was his first year where he was fully healthy that's with all running backs that's a concern but especially with him you never know so there definitely are things that scare me about the vikings which is why i think one to three could be fluid i actually had a hard time ranking one to three um i don't think this whoever wins the division i think also they're going to beat up on each other i think uh i don't think there's going to be many sweeps with the top three. Like I think with the bears teams should be able to sweep the bears win two games against them. But from one to three, I mean, I can easily see uh, splits along the way, which is going to make this a fun division to watch. Um, I guess. Well, this is any... probably going to be the most competitive division in my opinion. I mean, because if you look at some of the other divisions, like, you know, there's a lot of divisions out there where there's two teams that can really, you know, that are really going to compete like in the NFC East with the Cowboys and the Eagles or like in the West with the Seahawks and the 49ers. Um, 
you know, in the what's the other division I was thinking of in the South, like the South is the, uh, the AFC South is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. AFC South is the other one that has the potential to possibly have more than two teams fighting for it. But this one, if the lions do like show up and perform at a level that they can, then this really is going to be a three team race, which is going to make it a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, do you have any thoughts about our list here? Our rankings? So uh, the main thing that, I don't think we've talked about that we need to at least talk about because you guys have the Vikings both at number one is we're, we might be underestimating a little bit about staff because the person who called the plays for the Vikings offense last year, Kevin Stefanski Mm -hmm. is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to turn those play calling duties over to someone who right now it says their offensive coordinator is Clint Kubiak and I'm unaware that he's ever called plays before. Names don't sound familiar to me at all. It's Gary Kubiak's son, basically. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) And he's he's a young one. He's 33. He was a quarterback's coach, but it's one of those things where you go, there's going to be some growing pains there. Mm -hmm. Their first game out of the gate is at home against Green Bay. I don't like their odds. I actually think that the Packers can sweep this division and that's why I feel good saying that we can get to 10 or 11 wins. It's six wins in the division and then, you know, split the rest of the season and we have 11 wins. Well, if I'm, if I'm going to counter about Kubiak though, is that, you know, he was a quarterback's coach, but he was Kirk Cousins' quarterback coach. And I think when you have that relationship with the quarterback, then it makes it a lot easier. It makes the growing pains less because you already have the relationship with the quarterback. You know what what they're good at and what they're not good at. And it makes it a bit easier. If he had come out of like, you know, a different team or if he was like, you know, a wide receiver coach or something like that, then yeah, I'd probably be a little bit more worried. But the fact that he was the quarterback coach and that he worked directly with Kirk Cousins makes me feel not as bad about having him calling the plays right now. All right. It- it is yeah. his second season in Minnesota because he was only there with Kirk last year. Before that, right. he was with the Broncos. So, I mean, right. I, we can go back and forth all day. I know that, in general, it's just interesting. Of all off seasons, this is not one I want to go with the unproven staff and the unproven coaches because if you can at least carry over what you did from last year, I feel a whole lot better about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. There's a lot to be that's unknown about what's going to happen with this season if it even gets played in its entirety, which we all hope it does. But uh, we're going to wrap this up with a little bit of a mini Ask Twitter segment. Um, so we, <laughs> we asked the Twitter fans out there who, who they thought would win the NFC North, and the results came back with 22 votes we had. The Vikings in first place with 41%, Packers in second with 32%, and the Lions and Bears tied for last with 13.6%. Um, not too surprised with the results from Twitter. Uh, probably the Bears fans were the ones who voted the Bears because I can't <laughs> see how anybody would uh, would vote for them. But um, I do think the Vikings are the favorite uh, despite the Packers winning it last season just because of uh, they they did beat the Saints. Um, uh, I know the Packers won their playoff game too and, and advanced further, but uh, I 
just as an outsider, it seems like the Vikings are the favorites, but the consensus that we've came up with is it's going to be tight. I think it's uh, like Caleb said, he doesn't think the Packers are going to be as good as they were last year with their record wise anyways. So if that's the case, it's going to be a fun division to watch and it's going to be a fun division to see who ends up taking it. Um, actually, the NFC North plays the AFC South this year, so my team is going to be going up against all these teams. So uh, those will be interesting as well to watch um, as well. But all right, Caleb. Well, 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 I guess if uh, I know this isn't the AFC South episode, but what do you think the Jaguars' record is going to be against those four teams? What would you give me a, a number? Uh, I'm going to go one and three. One and three. So so beat beat the Bears and lose yeah. to the other three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. So all right guys, Caleb, thanks for joining on, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh I was glad to have your opinions on this show and defend the Packers because you know, you can tell from Connor and myself that we're not as bullish on the Packers as uh the fan would be. So I'm really happy that you got to be on this one. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I was able to jump in and, and record with you guys. Cool, man. Awesome. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for next week to talk about the NFC South. Ooh, uh, popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Get that popcorn ready. <laughs> All right, guys, until then, remember, be clutch. See ya. For Eric, peace.